Hello, and welcome back to More Jesus, Less Sugar. It's Lily here, and I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Why? Well, to me, that means you are taking some time for yourself to learn, to grow, to laugh, to cry. I'm happy that you tuned in. We all have had a year that wasn't expected. At this time last year, nobody even knew what COVID was. I never used the term social distancing and don't forget your mask. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how life can change so quickly and so drastically? Today we are discussing grief. It wasn't planned, but each of us had grief on our hearts and thought if we do, then maybe so do you. Whether you're grieving over this past year, the things that you couldn't do, the places you couldn't go, or the people you couldn't see, or grieving the loss of a loved one, we hope this episode speaks to you. Sit back, listen, and take in the next few days as we all settle in to celebrate Christmas. Good morning and welcome back to More Jesus Less Sugar. I'm here with Kara and Erin and we are discussing grief today and we're we're a little all antsy about it I think. We're all hesitant about grief because it's such a heavy and hard topic but we are going to try to face it head on um, with God by our side and just tackle this Um, topic because we know it's so heavy and it's so important and it has touched so many lives and so we want to discuss it um, and then we're gonna just end on a positive note because it's at this point it's like three days till Christmas so if that made you puke a little (laughs) like me like oh gosh that means it's real and I need to start wrapping and really need to start focusing and making sure I have enough gifts for all of the kids and that they're all equal and all of those things but anyways good morning Kara how are you good morning I am I'm tired this morning but it's Friday (laughs) yes and my my almost five-year-old Millie um, found some roller skates yesterday at the little like we cycle used clothes kids store and she was so excited she woke up at five this morning and it woke up came in her room woke up Travis and said where are my roller skates and he was like he goes back by the garage door and then five minutes later we hear a little roller skates wheeling around on the wooden floor at five this morning that is awesome I think we're going to have a little mandatory nap time today (laughs) that's so cute for you and them (laughs) yes yes, for the whole house (laughs) oh goodness Um, Erin how are you this morning I am good too Um, yeah I was just going to just kind of start us off with just saying we did have a plan of uh, doing a different topic today and um, this has just been really heavy on my heart, this grief topic here in the last, uh, probably week and just really felt like, gosh, maybe we need to shift or pivot and just kind of like Lily said, just hit this head on and, um, Christmas time, you know, with all of its joy and anticipation is, is, is really common, but there is a big piece of it that I think that people come into the holidays with some, um, just heavy hearts 
Um, I had just lost an uncle last week and his funeral was this week and so I think a lot of that is just kind of building up in me um, and so yeah I would agree with Lily in that I am you know even last night I was just like well gosh maybe this is a downer maybe we shouldn't go there today because Christmas we want to just be excited and joyful and um, but I just I think it is important that that we talk about it and there is joy at the end there is um, hope there is so much of that um, but there is the heart that I think we need to just go for it just tackle yep. so that's yeah. where I'm at this morning okay yeah well with that yeah um, do you want do you want me to go first sure okay so when Aaron um, when Aaron brought up this topic just like she said I was you know reluctant to say yes I think we should do that I mean I'll be honest I was like oh man to talk about grief um, just a little backstory if this is your first time listening um, today actually is my mother's one year anniversary um, she passed away one year ago today and so knowing that we would record on this day and we were recording about grief um, I don't know I just I took it as God's little shoulder tap to say, yep, Lily, it's time. You need to, you know, you need to talk about this. And so um, I knew I'd be all over the place and very emotional. So I wrote down um, three things that were hard for me over this year regarding grief. And then three things that I have found peace in. And um, so number one, I'll start with the hard things. Remembering, number one, is remembering the fact that she is gone. Um, and I say that only because um, my mom and I, we didn't talk every day. We talked on Sundays normally, or if I had something big to tell her, or if the kids did something, you know, that I thought she would love. Um, so it normally occurred on our, our phone calls, normally happened on a Sunday, and it was probably every other Sunday. Um, and so my mind just played tricks on me that, um, you know, the weeks would go on and I'm like, oh, I need to call mom about that. And then it's like, oh, Ma, you know, no, I can't call mom. Um, so just, just remembering that she is truly gone um, and that I couldn't, I can't just pick up the phone and hear her voice and call her. Um, yeah, and I would say even three years Oh yeah, it's almost you know, it's almost been three years for me, and, and that's still that's it doesn't happen as often. Yeah, um, but I still experience that from time to time where I'm just like, gosh, I re or that just that deep like, my mom's the only one that I can talk to you about this, whatever yes. it is that's going on, and I'm just yes. like, I just want to talk to her right now, and and yeah, yeah. So I definitely I, I get that one. Yeah, um, like Betty Joe's cross country first cross country meet, I. I was bawling on my way home because I just wanted to call her, just to just to call her to tell her how good Betty Jo did and Bella did and Bella ran her first meet and my mom loved sports and loved watching us do those things and so I just, I called my sister instead and I was crying to her and you know, so that's, you just choose the other people and like okay. Like it's gonna be okay and to also know that you can still talk to them it's just I haven't been able to yet I haven't been able to just talk to my mom like like that yeah. so um, but someday I will yeah. so um, number two number two is 
learning how to ride the wave of grief and to be okay with it. And the best way, the best thing or how it was described to me was um, grief is like a, a wave in the ocean and the ocean can be very calm and beautiful and nice. And then, you know, uh, a wave will come into the shore and just kind of slap the shore, right? And, and that's a little, oh, a little pull at your heart. Like, oh, that, that reminded me of mom or that reminded me of, you know, this or this or this. Um, or it could be a tidal wave out of nowhere or tsunami out of nowhere. And that, that emotion is so high and so raw and so hard and it just hits the shore. And that's, that's what it would do to me at times too, just hits my chest out of nowhere of that pain and that suffering and that, that wanting and yearning for their voice, for their touch, for their love, you know? And so just learning to ride that wave and to know that I'm gonna be, I could be bawling one minute because a tsunami came in and then five minutes later, it went back out to shore and everything gets calm again and I can dry up my tears and move on. Um, and um, just being, I don't know if it's being a soldier or wearing that uniform every day, that, that's been hard to me to acknowledge and to, to be okay with riding that wave um, and letting the tears fall. So that's what's been hard for me this year is just learning to ride that wave and being okay with it. Because in your mind, you're programmed to just like dry it up. Yep, just, let's yep. go, let's go, Buttercup. Yep. Come on, yep. move along. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that would be hard. Um, okay, and then last thing is um, letting my head understand and feel the pain of my heart and allowing it to, allowing my heart to actually break. Um, it took months after my mom had passed for me to finally feel that, that utter dark pain. Um, and cause I was just, I just kept going with life. You know, life just goes on after death. And that was surprising to me, just how everybody just quick picked up and, and kept going. And I was just like, oh, my, my world is shattering. Like, how are you guys keep, how are you keeping going? Like, but I did and I just kept going and going and until I just kept hearing these whispers of rest, of be still. It was really just be still, Lily, be still. And I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit or to the Lord or to my mom or whoever that was of just telling me, be still, be still. Until one day I finally, I think I had enough Tyson and the kids were going to grandma's house for dinner and I would always normally go but that time I said no I'm not going um, which was completely out of the out of the blue for me and I just stayed and I curled up in bed and I I lost it I let myself finally lose it um, and I I it took a minute you know because your brain I just sat there in silence and my brain was just going, 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 and I just kept saying, Lily, rest, you have to rest. Just be still, be still. And then finally, I just cracked, and I, I, I bawled and cried like I've never, never have before. Um, and so I needed that to start healing. I needed that to do that in order to start um, mending my heart, and which God knew, and which he kept trying to tell me, and 
So yeah, those were the three things that were hard for me for grief. So if any of you are going through that phase or have gone through those phases, you're not alone. Um, and I'm now I'm going to transition into the three things that I found peace in over the years or over the years, over this one year. Um, how I ended on um, allowing myself to break and then starting to mend myself back, that was that's because of friends and family and um, you guys, you know, Aaron and Kara and um, even love it or hate it, Facebook, just the messages I would get or um, the, the uh, messages, the cards, the texts, the calls, the hugs, the support helped me mend my heart. Um, and so, yeah, my friends and, and family and just the support that I had during this last year. Um, the second thing is peace. Um, I found peace knowing that she is still with me. Um, it's not like I hear her every day or, or I see her in things every day, but I, ju I just know she's up in heaven. I know she's with God. And um, yesterday was a tough day for my sister um, and she was talking to me about it and I was fine yesterday. I was so at peace yesterday. Um, and I was like, sis, I'm picturing mom rocking out in a Christmas sweater. She has a Santa hat on with bows everywhere. She is jamming out to music as she's smoking her cigarette and wrapping all of our gifts because that's what she'd be doing right now, you know? And I, I choose to see her that way because I know that's what she's doing and, and that's what she'd be doing today, oh, you know? She, so I told her that I'm like, sis, mom loved Christmas, loved Christmas. So I, she wouldn't want us to cry and to be sad about it and to grieve her right now, even though we can, that's fine. But just know that mom is partying right now. <laughs> I mean, she is with the Lord and grandma and grandpa and everybody else and just loving life. So, um, so yesterday I was definitely at peace with everything. Um, and then the last thing, number three was to pray. Um, just give it to God, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because he hears you. And, um, like Kara, Kara's going to mention that, you know, he feels all of our pains and, um, all of our suffering. And, um, I guess that's what we're rejoicing about too with, almost Christmas time, the Lord's birth, you know, coming, coming here to save us all and, um, just finding peace within that. Um, and I, I pray to the Lord, like I said, the good, the bad, the ugly, the ugly, snotty, you know, tears of, you know, why is, why did that happen? And why'd you take her and all those things, you know, communicate with him, talk to him, tell him what's on your heart. Cause he hears you. Um, and he's, and he's definitely here for you. Um, and so I wanted to read just real quick um, about, uh, from my journal, Ruth Simmons. It's called Grace Laced. And just a couple paragraphs, and then I'll be done. And Miss Erin um, or Kara, you guys can take on over. But um, this just spoke to me um, about this topic. So um, it says, Jesus was not... Let me start over. Holy moly. <laughs> Jesus was not just forsaken by God with the curse of sin. He was betrayed, misunderstood, and mistreated by those he loved. I wish I didn't know what that feels like, but I, but I do. I suspect you do as well. 
When you and I are betrayed, misunderstood, and mistreated, our hope points back to the healing purchased for us on the cross. We get to be brokenhearted on this side of the cross. We are not left with grief that relies on earthly means for comfort, but sorrow that trusts that he gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. When we cry, Lord, do you see my distress? Do you know all the details of what is breaking my heart? We are reminded he does. He is the wound binder, the heart healer, the star namer. He binds our wounds with the promise of himself. And we can rest in knowing that he who knows every star by name knows how to heal our wounds, great and small. Oh, yes. So, so good. that is just, uh, hits the nail on the head right there for sure. Um, and I am already crying. <laughs> um, and it's just such a beautiful thing, you know. Um, the things that we're so sad about are also things that we rejoice too. And so it is really confusing. Um, but I just wanted to just talk a little bit about my own story and just be really real and raw. And I just, I just wanted to share a couple things that have happened in, in my life. Um, I would say my deepest times of grief would be definitely when my mom passed, which would be almost three years ago. Um, she was diagnosed officially um, just a couple weeks before Christmas. Um, and I'll kind of get into that, but my mom's death and then also um, we had suffered a miscarriage um, right before my number three daughter in between number two and number three and um, I was 11 weeks along and just a very unexpected um, just didn't see it coming and so that happened right before Christmas too and so I would say those are the the two times um, where yeah I just really had to just think about, you know, grief and death and eternity and all of those things and, um, just how to face those. And so, uh, I know with specifically my mom's situation, I was the one, um, she had passed of cancer and, um, I was the one who was getting her medical records to try to determine, you know, okay, what are we dealing with here? And, um, this was even, you know, eight, nine months before we actually knew the severity, what the severity was, but I was the one reading through the medical records and just like my heart just crushing, reading some of these things that yet the doctors and my mom weren't necessarily worried about yet. And I'm reading them. And so I'm grieving before anybody else is. And so, you know, I specifically remember waking up in the middle of the night, just shaking, like physically shaking because I just knew I knew my mom was not in a good place but yet nobody else knew it and um, and so like my grief happened even before my mom passed because mm -hmm. I knew it I knew it in my heart I knew it was coming um, I couldn't quite get her to realize the severity of it and I mean you know when it's your parent you can't always get them 
to do what you want them to do. <laughs> there you hear it. You know, yeah. it's not like you have kin- full control over that. But um, so, you know, my grief um, lasted even before she passed. And there was a lot of that um, just, you know, just that, I think you said it, like that deep, dark ache. I think is how you said it, or that deep, dark pain. Um, I felt months before my mom passed, and then um, I did get to take her to Mayo, and this was about six weeks before she passed, and we were there actually the week before Christmas, and um, I actually was, got to stay with her in the hotel room. Um, My dad and my brother were in one room, and I got to be with her in another room, and um, again, this is, I knew she was very sick, um, but as we were in the room and she was sleeping, I couldn't sleep because there would be moments where, this is where I knew how bad she was, where she would stop breathing, and I would lay there and I would count how many seconds she hadn't taken a breath, and, um, I just remember, let's just counting, like, 30, 31, 32, and then there was one time, and I'm just like, gosh, just breathe, and then she'd take this big 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 breath and uh, there was one time where it was just like going on and like 40 41 and I'm just you know just scared to death and then I just remember she was like I can't remember the exact words that she was saying but basically she was seeing heaven and she was describing it and she was saying you know so beautiful or something like that where I knew even in that moment that she was already starting to see what eternity looks like and mm-hmm. she was describing it and I was hearing her describe it as I was just sitting there next to her. Um, and so that was in Mayo at Mayo and I you know, was in the room when the doctor just flat out looked at us and said like, she's got days, days to weeks, you know, to sit in that and to grieve everything that I knew, you know, nine months prior. Um, but now to just hear a doctor say it, um, you know, your heart just breaks and you, you have those like, what if, what if I did this? What if I did that? You know, if only we did this and, um, you know, I've, I've gone through every scenario with her and also with my miscarriage, like, why didn't I do this? Or what if, if I did this would, would everything have been okay? And so I, I've gone through down that road a lot with my grief and, um, I think um, there's a lot of people that do that and, and want to go there. And I guess what kind of brought me out of that scenario, because that guilt and those those questions are, I mean, they'll haunt you. They'll haunt yeah. you in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, I think what has brought me out of it is um, the things that happened following my mom's death, um, you know, hours before I had shared this in a previous podcast, but hours before she passed, um, she had told me that, um, she was, she was seeing Jesus and I wrote this down, everything that she was telling me. She said that, that he had hair on his face just a little. Um, she said that he is good, that his crown is yellow and bright She said that she should have been dead already, but he gave me more time. Um, He, she told me that um, he was taking away the pain, the hands. That's what we were talking about before. Um, She, 
about 10 minutes before she passed, <clears throat> a cardinal had showed up uh, to our house. I mean, this is just, you know, 10 minutes, maybe not even. And, you know, there's been all of these crazy times where me or my siblings or my dad will see a cardinal, like, just at the time that we need to see it. So much to where uh, my little sweet nephew, his name is Braylon, um, he would see a cardinal and he would call it a grand bird. <laughs> He'd be like, look, it's Cranber. We're like, Bray Braylon, the cardinal's not Grandpa. <laughs> It's but like, it might be. But maybe. <laughs> um, but just like these little signs that happen so frequently, um, even now. I mean, it doesn't yeah. happen as much as when she had first passed. But um, you guys, she was telling me that she was seeing heaven yes. and Jesus before she passed. And um, the other story that is just so touching to me and just one that I'm like, I just have to tell this. Um, some have heard this before, but... Um, my mom, she passed away on Tuesday in February. My birthday was going to be that next Sunday. Her funeral was on Saturday. So her funeral was the day before my birthday. Um, a couple things about my mom. She was hilarious. She loved playing tricks on people. Um, it was just who she was. And she also wanted to be the first one to wish us happy birthday. Um, she was a night nurse and she would call us at crazy times just to be the first one to, to wish us happy birthday. Well, you know, we go through the funeral on Saturday, not even thinking that it's my birthday the next day. It's just such a hard day. Um, we all come home, we crash, we don't even talk about the fact that it's going to be my birthday the next day. And my four-year-old at two o'clock in the morning comes into my bedroom and um, she wakes me up and she says, Mommy, she goes, happy birthday. And... I just look over at the time and I'm like, Paisley, what are you doing? I'm like, it's two o'clock in the morning. She's not one that would normally come to our room. And she goes, uh, Grandma Sue came to my dream and told me to wake you up and tell you happy birthday. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That is then, so is amazing. That, isn't that just amazing? Is First yes. of all, my mom, it was two o'clock in the morning. Yes, Immediately, your mom. I could see her, her smirk. She had this smirk that would be like, yeah, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, one, like it was early. Um, and then also the very last thing she said was, oh, Paisley said to me, she goes, oh, and she really loves heaven. And that was the thing, you know, I missed it the first time, you know, I was so focused on the, oh my gosh, she wished me happy birthday. But then a friend reminded me, she's like, don't miss the second part is that she loves heaven mm. and she's there and yes. she wants you to know that she's there. And then um, it was about three months later when Paisley, that my, my Paisley was really close to my, my mom, um, but she, I was at work and she had been sitting on the couch and I had come home and she was telling me basically that Grandma Sue had come to visit her and wanted me to know that she was taking care of baby Mike, um, <laughs> um, which is funny because we never necessarily named um, our baby that we had lost but Paisley always referred to this baby as Ike and she was two at the time so we couldn't really and I don't even know where she came up with it it was she always called the baby Ike which pray for Ike and I and so we always referred to the baby as Ike and I thought gosh that's really strange like I mean yeah. Ike is not a bad name but um, it just out of the blue, right? Yeah, yeah. And then now two years later, the same Paisley told me that mom was taking care of Mike. Mike baby which Mike. Which yes. 
the baby's name was Mike, but Paisley. I couldn't understand her. <laughs> and so there's just these little things, these little miracles, these little signs that say, hey, this is not the end of the story. This no. is just part of the story. It's not the end of the story. And same thing that Lily said about Christmas. I'll never forget the first Christmas that I sat without my mom and just bawled. I bawled. I sat in that Christmas Eve service, and I'm just like, the meaning of Christmas took on such a different, like, like seriousness yeah. for me the day after the Christmas after she had died because she. I'm just like, you know what? If if Jesus didn't come as a baby to come and save us, I'll ne- I would never see my mom again, yeah. right? Yeah. But I have the hope. I have the hope, and and I know that I am going to see her again because Jesus did come as a baby and he did come to save us and he did come to die on a cross. And there is why we can rejoice this Christmas despite the pain that we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, you're right. You're so right. That's so true. There's so much hope in us. Oh, man, ladies. Woo! I got tears rolling. I got trying to drink my tea in my car as we sit here. Oh, goodness sakes. Man, Miss Kara, what do you have on your heart for us today? Uh, I, um, there was actually a sermon this last weekend that my friend just happened to be telling me about. We, I don't see her every week. She, she lives in a different town than I do, but I was able to see her this week and she was telling me about, um, a service from their church and we had kind of already decided this was what we were going to talk about this week um, but she didn't know and anyways the service was on lamenting and the definition of lamenting is to feel regret or sadness about the loss or disappearance of something or someone to often feel sorrow expressed in a physical way and I think that even if you know, if we can't relate to maybe a loss of a person, um, like the way that you gals have, you we can all relate to the loss of something. Um, and lamenting is recognizing that. And it, when I when I saw this definition, um, the word disappearance really spoke to me. And I think we can all relate to that this year, especially. Um, this this service was through Third City Church um, at a Grand, Grand Island, and Pastor Scott Jones is he's just um, an incredible speaker. And um, I think what really spoke to me about the word disappearance is that this year we, um, which so much good came out of this year. I learned so much um, during this time. But I think we all can admit that there was a disappearance of something. There was there was something that got taken from us, whether it was, um, you know, the conference that we were going to have planned for more Jesus, less sugar. But instead, God was like, hey, don't, don't lament about that for too long because I'm going to turn it into this podcast. And it's going to bless your soul. And, um, <laughs> you know, or like, there were a lot of things we couldn't do. There was school that, you know, got canceled. There were weddings that got moved. There were, um, I mean, I had a baby in May and nobody could come to the hospital and visit. And, you know, in, in that time, like I, with my first two, it was, 
exciting to have family come and, and see the baby, you know. And then what I learned in this with the third pregnancy and being in a pandemic during that time and really having to slow down, um, I got to see God work in a way of like, hey, why don't you slow down in your life a little bit? And I know you're grieving about not being able to do some things, but look at what you can do. I got extra time with my my um, first two daughters before the third one came. When we were at the hospital, my husband and I got to have a day off together um, and, and look at our new baby, uh, you know, and uh, if it, God just worked in, in good ways. But um, there was definitely a lot to be disappointed about for sure. And it was just because of this disappearance of things that we couldn't quite grasp. Like there was a disappearance of joy for a little bit because I didn't realize how bitter and frustrated I was um, about not being able to do something. I mean, working with college kids, they got a lot ripped away from them. Um, and, you know, college is something you look so forward to and you get to go and, and be a part of and go out on your own. And then they were here and then they got sent back home. And then all of their in-person classes and labs and things that they really enjoyed going to, well, for the most part, it's still school. Um, <laughs> You know, they, they were like, here, stare at this computer screen now for all of this work, you know. And um, But what I love that Pastor Scott addressed is grieving is important, and it's okay to address it, and it's appropriate to address it. And um, there are different ways that you can lament and grieve. Um, and the first one he kind of talked about was you can lament in like kind of a not healthy way and that's complaining blaming um, grumbling about all of the situation ignoring you know yeah and I don't think we always yeah I don't think we always realize it at first so it doesn't make you a bad person um, you know to experience these things but when you do that for so long you start to harbor bitterness in your soul and inside of you and that keeps you from experiencing God's joy but if you look at these challenges and you look for God in the challenges and say, okay, what are you trying to teach me through this? I'm really, really sad. And I feel like maybe robbed of some things and my joy has disappeared. But God, where can I see you in this challenge? Um, he wants to be a part of that. And um, I think part that just part of it you have to admit your doubt and confusion and um that your heart is broken cry out from the depths of your soul ask questions um asking questions to god doesn't mean you're lacking faith yes it amen. just means you're a human yep. um and, and you want to know why um and and we may not always get the answers and that's part of it too is resting in the fact of like you know i don't know why this happened but i trust in a god that's good and we've got some talking when i get to heaven you know yeah <laughs> um but I, I think lamenting it also admits helplessness this is another thing that pastor scott said it admits our helplessness and how um our eyes need to be on God because there are so many things in this world that are out of our control. Um, and that if we just kind of 
okay, God, there's literally nothing I can do, but I'm going to trust that you're working all of this together for good, even though it's really, really hard. Um, But yeah, and then another thing is like, God, he grieved. He, He felt all of the things that we felt. He hates evil like we hate evil. He, um, in the Psalms, it says he is close to the brokenhearted, and he has mourned. Um, and I can't help but think that when our heart breaks, a piece of God's heart breaks, like, like we are his child. And if you think about when your child goes through something really hard, and you want to take the pain away, but you know that maybe they can learn something from this, but it still hurts so bad to see your kid go through something really hard. Like, I feel like that's kind of bad part for us, too. And that's just my opinion of just, like, I know this is going to be really hard, but I can't wait for you to be closer to me on the other side of this. Or I can't wait for you to maybe have this internal battle of of something inside of you to where you can come out the other side stronger. And you may feel weaker for a while, but um, keep seeking God, and you're going to learn so much about your faith and, uh, and just the strength that we have because we are we are strong but when you rest in the power of God uh, we can be even stronger yes yeah um, and yeah there's um I listened to this message one time by Kyle Eidelman and he's a speaker a pastor um he's written some books and he painted this picture that I Oh, it like spoke volumes to me. But he said, imagine your belief and your hope is like a walker. And so when he kind of started, I was like, what? Um, But so picture somebody walking with a walker, you know, one of those metal ones with like the tennis balls on the bottom where you're, you're using that to help you. And what they do is they move the walker forward. They place all the weight on the walker and then they take a step. And if we look at our belief and our hope in Jesus as that walker, where we put our hands on it, move it forward, and lean with all of our weight on that belief and hope, then we can take a step. And we might move really slowly, but we have this hope and belief in God that can get us through this season. Um, But then also, like, in closing, I kind of want to end with, like, I feel like this, the end of this year is going to be a gift for us and we can go into 2021 with um, a spark and a glimmer of hope and um, it's okay to lament and it's okay to grieve about maybe things or someone or something that we lost this year and it looked way different. Um, but I want to start 2021 with a glimmer of hope and like, okay, guys, Let's do some big things this year. Let's go into this with hope and help me see you more and help me lean on you more in the challenges and let you be my crutch and not fester this um, this bitterness inside of me for things not going the way that I thought that they should go. Yes, that's so good. The PT me loves that picture. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, that leaning yes. on it. I love yes. it. That's the perfect way to end the talk, Kara. Thank you. That's really good. Yes. Um, I'm going to share just a real quick poem, um, and then we'll be done. So 
um, my mom was a, she always wrote little poems and wrote little journals about her life. And so I found this one the other day. And just since it's her anniversary today, uh, um, I just want to share this with you. Um, this is what she wrote about her dad um, after he had passed. And so it, she says, Daddy, another year has come and gone since you left us and not too much has changed. I still miss you dearly and sometimes call your name. When I'm working in my garden or messing with my fern, I wonder if you're watching and hoping that I've learned. The, sorry, the lessons that you taught us get passed down to our kids. We smile and we tell them, this is what dad and grandpa did. As I learned to live without you, I just wanted you to know that daddy, how much I love and miss you, no one will ever know. All my love, little Miss Patty Homemaker. So I just wanted to pay that little tribute tribute to my mama. Um, and That's that, so sweet. And I bet she had no idea that when she wrote that, that would be like a poem for you to heal, to help with healing. Yeah. Nope. I, I guarantee you she did not. Um, and so, yeah, I just... Um, I hope my sisters don't listen to this podcast yet because this is part of their Christmas present. Like I, <laughs> I took the, I took my mom's journals and her poems and I, I copied them into a book. And so I, made, oh. I made a little book for each of my sisters for Christmas. That's our Christmas present. So, but, that is so sweet. Yeah. Well, hey, do you mind if I pray? Um, yes. Before we close this one. Yes. This okay, God, I just thank you so much. Um, just the way that you have worked in our lives, God, and just the things that you've placed on our heart, Lord. And I just feel like we're all at a place of, of grieving and whatever that looks like for each individual person, Lord. And I just pray that you bring healing and restoration to our souls, Lord, that we don't um, want to look back on this time and say we spent the whole time not seeing you because we're rooted in, in bitterness or, or hurt, Lord. But God, that through this time, we see your peace and your glory and your power, Lord. Uh, God, I pray just for rest over the brokenhearted, Lord, that they can cling to you, that they can feel your presence, God, um, and that if we can be a blessing to them or God, um, just bring someone to walk alongside them through this grief and know that they are not alone um, and that we are here for them in whatever capacity we can be for them. And, um, yeah, God, I just pray that your people rise up and that we can be um, just a light of peace and hope and joy in the season and in the seasons to come, God, because you are good um, and you are faithful. And so we love you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thanks, Kara. can't wait to connect with you all next week. Thanks for listening, subscribing, but most of all, thanks for growing with us here at More Jesus, Less Sugar.